0: and this week's episode of property news from around the UK and within the progressive property community. So let's start with the news from around the country. Staycation explosion makes holiday lets a viable alternative to buy to let. The Landlord Today website has done an article about a holiday firm that has outlined six reasons why the sector staycations may be a good bet for property investors despite recent lockdowns restricting tourist travel and hitting owners income. Beach Retreats says the growth of staycations means the holiday let sector is now a potentially long-term investment opportunity. So what are the reasons? Number one, favourable tax rates. For holiday let properties considered a furnished holiday let and and let 105 days or more a year, there are allowances and tax reliefs. You can deduct costs such as mortgage interest and letting agency fees from pre-tax profit, and there may also be tax advantages relating to kitting out a property. Number two is goodbye council tax. As a furnished holiday let owner, you'll need to register for business rates, which are generally cheaper than council tax. Number three is agents can help. An agency can handle everything from advertising to cleaning as well as interior design. Number four, an investment you can enjoy. Owners can stay in properties as well as letting them at other times. And number five, a low risk strategy. With payments upfront, there is no financial risk of non-payment compared to long lets because your guest pays before they actually stay. And number six, with good returns. Beach Retreats claims owners are seeing returns of between 4 and 6% for owners after costs. So have you got holiday lets? How, are you doing serviced accommodation? At Progressive, our resident serviced accommodation specialist is Kevin Panescus. Head over to the Progressive Property Community. Let people know what your thoughts are. Tag Kevin in around serviced holiday lets. Now let's move on to stamp duty there's been a new call to scrap the stamp duty surcharge to stop supply dwindling. The National Residential Landlords Association is calling on the Chancellor to scrap the 3% stamp duty levy on the purchase of homes to rent where landlords invest in properties that add to the net supply of housing. This would include developing new housing, converting large properties into affordable units, changing the use of a property from commercial to residential, or bringing one of the almost 650,000 empty homes in England back to use. The NRLA says as part of its wish list ahead of next month's budget, comes as the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors warns of rising rents because of higher demand for properties, whilst new instructions from landlords continue to dwindle. This follows Rightmove's revelations in the recent report that outside London asking rents increased in the fourth quarter of 2020, for the first time in nine years so asking rents are going up the portal warns that in the suburbs towns and villages rental supply is lower than normal for the time of year whilst demand is higher nrla chief executive ben beadle says that that, that to have a tax on developing new housing is completely nonsensical at a time when more is needed i couldn't agree more Supporting growth in the private rental market alongside all other housing types would provide a significant boost to the economy in the midst of the covid pandemic. It's crazy that the government are saying they need more housing, there's a shortage supply of housing and then they're penalizing the one area of the market that can help them provide those housings, landlords. Now the 3% surcharge, yes, it puts money into the government's but into the government's kitty. And yes, the 3% surcharge puts money into the government kitty. But is it really the long-term solution? No, I don't think so. So let's wait and see. It would be amazing if they could remove the 3% surcharge. I'm not so convinced they will. But let's see what happens. And finally, let's look at Property Investor. Today's article around three reasons why property will be the best investment for 2021. So reason number one, low interest rates. The measures taken to combat COVID-19 have been detrimental to many businesses and interest industries in the UK. But with the two vaccines now in circulation, there is hope for a quicker recovery of the economy. In a bid to help boost recovery, we've seen the interest rates reach a staggering low of 0.1% to encourage consumer borrowing and spending. For investors, this has presented itself as an opportunity. Those who previously only aspired to property investment may now find themselves in a position where this is possible, with affordable mortgages being much more accessible as lender confidence grows. Number two is return on resilience. Return on investment is an obvious factor for both new and seasoned investors, and if 2020 has taught us anything, it is the resilience of certain investment assets over others that has delivered the returns. For instance, Bitcoin seen a big rise, then a big drop, It's back up on the rise again, but it's very, very volatile. However, property has consistently held its place even through the pandemic. It's not moved, it's not gone down, it's not had a big dip, it's not had a big rise. It's just steadily continued with a slight rise. So resilience in the marketplace, nothing like property. And number three is diversity. Most wealth managers will tell you that the key to a successful investment strategy is the diversity of the portfolio. Having a variety of assets means investment risk is significantly lowered, decreasing your reliance reliance on the performance of a single market. We have consistently seen that single assets do not match the performance of a diverse and well-balanced portfolio. For those just interested in property investment, diversification can be achieved with a single asset. One portfolio could include different types of property or include the same property across several different regions or both. And that's the great thing about property investing. You could have a single let property in four different towns. Now you could have a property that's a single let, but it's large enough to run as a HMO. You with the right licensing, the right mortgages, you run it as a HMO for a period of time, but your exit could be to return it to a single let in the future. You could have the same single let property and run it as serviced accommodation for a period of time. You could have a mixture of property within your portfolio in the same area. You could have single lets, you could have serviced accommodation, you could have houses of multiple occupation, you could have different types of tenants. So you could have council tenants, universal credit, you could have um, supported living, you could have professionals, you could even have tenant buyers. So various different ways that you can diversify your portfolio within property, diversify your risk within your property business. So now let's look a little bit closer to home and some news from within the progressive property community. So Oliver Bird posted a question on the 29th of January, asking does anyone else get pissed off by tradespeople demanding immediate payment? My builder did a job for me yesterday, which finished at 3pm. He emailed the invoice immediately on finishing, but I hadn't seen it as I had gone into my junk mill. He texted me at lunchtime today to tell me he'd sent the invoice. I was busy, so I made a mental note to pay it later. He then texted again an hour and a half later asking me to pay it. Yeah, that's um a lot of comments that has received Oliver in the community. Mark Reynolds says, Plain devil's advocate. If you agreed payment and the job was completed to your satisfaction, and the late payment regulations applied in your case, would you be happy paying the penalties and interest? Simon is saying, you wouldn't go to a garage and leave with your car without paying for new tyres. Why would tradesmen be subject to late payment after finishing the work? Quite a few people have, have has different different opinions. Many people are saying the 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 um, builder is in the wrong for pushing so quickly. Other people are asking, did he do a good job, pay them? Very, very mixed uh, uh, information from different people about whether they should pay or not. Here's my thoughts. If you get a builder to do a job, agree upfront when he's going to get paid. Now, if it's a one-off job, because you've mentioned your builder. So if it was really your builder and they were constantly working for you, they would be used of the payment schedules. Now, we've got some people. So one guy does all our house clearances. Now, his job is taking rubbish from properties taking away garden waste, anything like this. He's not massively well paid. He doesn't have a brilliant business. And I know that when he comes and does a job for me, I need to pay him straight away because he's living month to month. But I've got other contractors and they will send me an invoice, but I've got 28 days to pay them because they're bigger brands, they're bigger companies and they've got understand payment schedules. So I would be looking, if you're speaking to builders before they do a job for you, Ask them how they want to be paid. How soon do they want to be paid? And make sure you then deliver on that time. So typically what will happen is when somebody sends you messages saying, they're not, where's my money? I haven't been paid. It's either they're, they've got a problem. They're desperate. They need some money for something. But they're afraid to tell you or they don't want to tell you. I would be jumping on that invoice and getting it paid straight away. Because then they owe you a favor. And when you need another job as well, they'll be straight on your job for you. Because you would be surprised how many people don't pay, builders don't pay people for doing handyman work. And maybe he's just had a bad experience from somebody else. Maybe he's having a bad day and that's why he sent the message. And it's always good to just jump on and help people out, make the payment quickly for them, and they'll remember it for you for later on. And Stuart Thomas has posted in the community asking about what the strangest request you've ever had from a tenant, as he's just been asked if he can install a bidet. Stuart, I actually had to Google this, what a bidet was. Once I seen the picture, I realised what it was. So, a bidet, for anyone who doesn't know, is a plumbing fixture that is installed as a separate unit in the bathroom beside the toilet, shower, or sink, right? So, the bidet basically is something that you straddle when you're going to the toilet, I believe. So some bidets resemble a large hand basin with taps and a stopper so they can be filled up. Other designs have a nozzle that squirts a jet of water. Now I had to Google that to find out and I'm actually reading it straight out of Wikipedia just to make sure that I know what a bidet is. But back to Stuart's point, lots of people have come in saying what their strangest requests were. So Simon Woodruff is saying last week a tenant asked him if he had a French key. He thought it was something kinky. Simon O'Dell's saying he's just installed a, a hose bidet in a singlet for a Muslim family. Some other work was being done on the bathroom anyway. If it makes them happy, why not? It was a small cost. Gavin Chow is saying one of his rentals comes with one. It's a five-piece suite, jacuzzi and bidet. David Guest is saying he got asked if he could move a radiator the other day. Danny Torrey is saying that she's Italian and actually no Italian house actually lacks a bidet. Something I didn't know either. Every Italian property has a bit It Dee Owens is saying their tenant texted her yesterday saying they've had someone out to quote for a new carpet throughout the house. They just wanted to check if it's okay for me before they paid for it all. What a nightmare tenants can be. So her tenants have actually paid for new carpets. Wow Dee, awesome. What I would say Dee though is be very careful. Make sure it's in writing that the tenants when they're leaving Don't say that the carpets they fitted were theirs so they're taking them with them. Make sure that those carpets stay if the tenant leaves. I would get it in writing from them because by you texting back saying it's okay for them to change the carpets. You need to say so long as those carpets are yours once they leave. You would be surprised even though those carpets will never fit another house that a tenant leaving will go them carpets are mine. I'm not leaving them to D and they'll take them with them. So that's this week's news and property updates from around the UK and within the Progressive Property Community. If you're not already a member of the Progressive Property Community, head over to Facebook, type in Progressive Property Community in Facebook search engine and click join. Also make sure you subscribe to the Progressive Property YouTube channel. Lots of new value lots of videos every single week in there that can help you on your property journey.